Switching my EHR to Jane was the best decision I made for my practice in 2023. And when I love something, I cannot shut up about it. Me too. And we are not just saying this because it's an ad. We both switched our EHR platforms to Jane on our own dime and free will. It was important to us that our EHR company be led by integrated healthcare professionals, not a big tech company that has no idea what it's like to be a therapist. Jane gets the importance of patient privacy and security over profit and growth. And the team at Jane knows that our time as therapists is valuable. So they help you run your private practice with automations and excellent customer service. We are talking about online intake forms that automatically collect client info, consent, insurance, and payments all before your first session. And because even the best clients forget sometimes, Jane has you covered with automatic reminders too. We really couldn't be happier switching our EHR to Jane, and we know you will be too. So mention Bad Therapist when you switch to Jane and get your 30-day grace period on your account. That's code badtherapist at jane.app to ditch your outdated EHR and join us and our love for Jane. Have you ever asked yourself, am I a bad therapist? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Allie Joy, licensed professional counselor and board-certified art therapist. And I'm Katherine Escare, a clinical psychologist, and this is Am I a Bad Therapist? Join us each week for stories from behind the closed therapy door. You'll hear experiences that made us ask, am I a bad therapist? Including bloopers, jaw droppers, and other difficult moments that normalize the unique struggles of modern day therapists. This is a space with no experts, no gurus, and no hierarchies, just humans sitting in similar chairs. While we're certainly not promoting actual bad therapy, we are here to shine a light on the messy situations that therapists face on a daily basis and to normalize that mysterious gray area of clinical practice that no one wants to talk about. So Ali, do you work with couples? So I don't intentionally, however, it does come up sometimes still, even though I don't do the work, somehow it still finds its way to me. I mean, we, we any type any type of relationships come into one-on-one mm-hmm. individual therapy. So I get it. I get it. I do feel like a couples counselor sometimes too. And sometimes my clients surprise me with their family members in our, in, in our visits. Does that happen to you at all? Oh, absolutely. It's happened quite a few times. Sometimes it's like very unexpected family sessions. There have been unexpected surprise partners, things like that. And it can feel tricky to navigate. And I know I have my own way of navigating it, but we're also going to hear from our guest, Nicole, on how she navigated a very surprise couple session that she was not expecting. And even if you're not a couples therapist like me, you are going to love hearing about how she navigates it, how she appreciates and honors her humanness in the therapy room, and navigates being triggered or having her own stuff come up that she has to continue to work on having some compassion for her client. I completely relate to all of those, and I know you will too. So before we get into it, don't forget that this is not a substitute for clinical consultation, ethical guidance, or therapy itself, and we don't actually endorse bad therapy here. All right. Well, this is episode number 77 of Am I a Bad Therapist? Let's get into it. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. Before we get into your bad therapist story, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Yes, of course. Um, So 
as you can actually see my name, my name is Dr. Nicole Nasser. I'm based in London. I studied, my God, I've been actually here for the past 10 years. Uh, before that, I lived in Beirut, which is where I'm originally from. And I grew up in Montreal, so I spent a good 17 years in North America, um, which was really, really good. And uh, coming to London was just giving me a bit of that whole perspective of what it's like to be you know, a citizen of the world and really bringing all these cultures um, together. Uh, living in London, I did my my D-Psych here um, and I've been practicing for the past five years. So I've been mainly in private practice, apart from my training, which I was part of the NHS. But since then, I've only been in private practice, which I would say really resembles me. And in the last, I would say, maybe it's been four months now, I've launched my startup called uh, Journey. Our website is journeystartshere.com. And it's a startup basically that helps uh, clients and practitioners connect. Uh, so basically helping clients find the right kind of match um, in terms of practitioners. So it's a platform that um, is really based on compatibility and connection as opposed to like demographics or availability of, uh, of practitioners. So this is really what I'm doing full time now. I'm, uh, I'm still seeing clients, but I would say that, yeah, after hours, it's just about journey at the moment. So yeah, it's exciting. So great to hear. And also that we love having international guests because we're based in the States. So we love being able to have just different perspectives um, and always all of that good stuff. But why don't we dive into it then? What is the story you're going to share that made you question if you were a bad therapist? All right. So that story, um, it's actually been on my heart for quite some time and having the opportunity to share it is, is quite good. Um, so this was this client uh, that I had been seeing for I would say around a year at the time that we've, that we started, uh, well, that this thing happened. And, um, it's someone that I met in the pandemic. So I've only met him, um, through zoom. And at that point, like a lot of the issues that he was bringing in had to do with like his couple. Um, I think the pandemic was very difficult on him more than his partner. And through the pandemic, you could tell that like, there was a bit of a gap that was being created. Now, I think this is very common for most practitioners, um, especially therapists that like work in a very relational way with their clients, that you get very, and perhaps this is also my own, you know, my own stuff, but I am the oldest of three kids. So I am very much like mama bear with my siblings. So you can only imagine how I am with my clients, especially when you know how vulnerable they are and their insecurities and you have so much love and care for them. So I become very, very protective of my of my clients, but always, you know, while challenging them, making sure that, you know, we get the full, pers you know, perspective, uh, what's going on with their partners, the understanding, the compassion, you know, all, all that, all that great stuff that we do as, as a therapist. And um, there was a bit of a, like, I would say a bit of a buildup to that famous session where um, my approach is very much about empowering my clients as well. Um, and the goal is very much to give them the tools, obviously, to give them also just this, this confidence to be able to do what they have to do. And a lot of our last sessions were around boundaries, making yourself um, feel heard, mainly, you know, in that, in that couple. And every session, you know, he would walk out being like, okay, yeah, that's it. Like, I'll have, I'll have the conversation because their partner had like... Um, 
just there was a bit of a separation between between them physically and emotionally. So every session is like, okay, that's it. Like I'll have the conversation with them. Okay, okay, I'll speak with them. Okay, okay, that's it. Like this session after like next week, I'll be back and like you'll see me a change man. And so there was there was also this hype that like he was feeding me into into the I wouldn't say expectation, but but almost like into the work that we're doing. Like you feel like there's there's progress. And then uh, one morning, I, I used to see him every morning. One morning, I uh, I open our Zoom link because um, it's time for a session, and I'm just waiting for him to come come to the session. Well, so you are waiting. It sounds like we're waiting. Everything seems normal, but you're about to log in. What happens when the session starts? I see him and her sitting one next to the other, both looking at me, ready for a session that I had absolutely no clue was about to happen. Um, No email before, no hint, no... I even have like a work WhatsApp, like by the way, my partner is going to be joining. Like even then it's a shock, but at least I have like a minute to gather my thoughts. And then the two of them were just sitting there looking at me. And, and I was, my God, I was just shocked. I was just shocked because in that moment, and I don't know if you also have that as therapist, but like, I'm very good with my poker face, like very, very good. Mm -hmm. You can be telling me any, any big story, like you'll never know how I really feel in in that moment especially when like someone is just getting things out right and then my emotion comes in but I also need to understand what's going on with me so I know what to what to bring to the surface and I had just like all these thoughts coming into my mind like sorry for my language but first one what the fuck like what is going on here why because I felt cornered I felt like someone that I've been with for a year that we've shared a lot of like emotions and laugh and, and tears and also in the, in the, at the beginning of the pandemic. So there's, there really is a journey with this, with this client that I feel very also protective. And then that felt not only like a betrayal, but it, it, it just, it felt so low. Like that's, that's how I was like, how, how can you even do this to me? Like it's to just corner me in this kind of way. Like how can you not even think for a second that this was a bad idea? Um, and then you also have this partner that's just looking at you that you're that you also are quite angry at because of that one year that you've also been in that rela- you, you know you've been in this relationship with this person for one hour every week. They just don't know that, and they have and they were not really in the dynamic. But you've been engaging with them in that relationship. So here's this other person who I'm also angry at, who I'm just like, why, why are you even here? Like, fine, I, I get him because I got it. I was like, oh my God, he can't do it himself. So he wants me to do it. And that, that was my assumption. And unfortunately I was right. I was like, he wants me to say the stuff that he's not able to say to her. And then she's there looking at me and I'm like, why are you, this must also feel so awkward for you. You are entering a dynamic between your partner and another therapist that you've never met, that you don't know anything about other than the stuff that he tells you. It was just so weird. And there was, um, I mean, you know, in movies when they like give you this, this like flat, not like a flash into your, like your brain, but it like lasts for like five, 10 minutes and then it comes back to reality. Well, in reality, you have one second and, and you just have to make sense of all of that. Then my body starts reacting, which um, I'm a very, 
as I hope everyone is, but I'm a very reflective practitioner in terms of my body as well. Like my, if my thoughts are not catching up, I attend to what my body is saying. For me, that's the biggest communicator of, of, of all. And then my body like just starts fuming. Like I could tell that like I, I became like hot from, from everywhere, like just warm. And I was just, I don't know if it happens with you as well, but just like all the compassion and empathy, it's like right out the window. And you're just like, you get just so angry with one person and you forget. It's almost like you forget all the pain, you forget everything. And it takes like, it takes work for you to come back to the space of, of understanding, right? And I think this is also why in our personal relationships, we're not always great. We don't know, you know, how to communicate always in the best way because they get to us. And he got to me. And that was, that was the big thing for me is that here's the client, he's a client that I care for, that I work with, that I give so much to, and he got under my skin. And what do you do in these moments? That's, that's the big question. Nicole, I can't help but feel for you. I, I feel betrayed for you. Yeah. Did this feel like a betrayal from your client? Mm -hmm. Tell me more about what it felt. How did this, how did this change the way you looked at your client? Um, it's horrible, but like he became that big in my eyes, which is, which is hor like, it's horrific to say that because we always tell, you know, and, and I'm also a client to my therapist. So mm -hmm. I know that if my therapist with everything that she knows about me, if she then sees me like that, it feels even worse. So not only there's like, there are, there's a conflict, there's an internal conflict happening where again, there's like the compassionate loving side of you that is like oh my god i know he's going through so much and i know how difficult that conversation must be for him hence why he's doing that but then there's the betrayal like you said where also me as a human it's like where's where's the loyalty here and for me it's feeling cornered feeling completely cornered where you can't had had he given me two minutes two minutes just him and i and then telling me like I have no choice. I need to bring her in. At least those two minutes, it could just be him and I, where we go, what do you want me to tell her? Like, what do you want us to talk about? Mm -hmm. But then for me, because for me, what it was is that you're putting me in that position where I know you're going to tell me, can you please tell her what we've been talking about? How honest do you want me to be? Because, because I can be really honest, but I can also tone it down. And I, I don't know if you've also worked with um, clients that then ask you, can we have a session with my parent or my partner? But you have that session before where you discuss what you want us to talk about, what you want me to, to say, not say, what are the, you know, the do's and don'ts, basically. Now you're opening a field where there is no, I don't know what the do's and don'ts are. And, and I'm bound to feel like a failure after that, because mm -hmm. if I, if I, if I assume some of the do's and don'ts, then you might get angry of like, well, why didn't you say the stuff that I wanted you to say? But then the worst is also, what if I say everything? And he's like, why did you say that? I didn't want her to know that. So for you, it's just a lose-lose. And that was the betrayal for me, is that you, you just can't win in a situation like that. Sure. It sounds like you felt that you were set up in a situation where you couldn't be the best therapist for your client. And that doesn't whether the client understood that or not with decision-making, it, it, it put you, like you said, in a corner. Yeah. 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 And, and you don't want to be that for, for your clients, especially that 
that's not a first or second session. This was probably our 40th yeah. session. So there's yeah. there's a build up to to that. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me to to test, and I know he wasn't testing me. I I know that it wasn't that. But for me to feel like this is it, um, you need to make a decision, and he's here, and whatever you say, you're going to sound like the not really nice therapist. Because all I really wanted to say is that we're not having this session. Get your shit together. Tell me next time, like. What is it that you want to do? I don't want to have that session, but that sounds rude. That sounds, um, and also what I didn't want to happen was for her to go like, that's your therapist. Like, she's not really nice. She doesn't really have your back. Like she's, because that can also happen. You're not there to defend yourself and be like, well, actually it was all him. Like he's not allowed to do that. Well, not allowed. He shouldn't have done that. But so it's just, it's just very, very, very tricky. And also, you're just like sitting there, and you have to like keep it together, right? Well, in your head, you're you're well, yeah, it's not together. <laughs> did it ever come up in your work? Like, did he ever say like, "Oh, maybe we'll have a session together," or had it like never even crossed into conversation it's, in sessions? Uh, it's, I would say, maybe two months after uh, before that moment, I had suggested it, but I didn't say it with me. I said, "You should consider couples therapy." And of course, if you want me to be involved, I'm happy to facilitate the process. I'm happy. So this was all that was given. But um, and what is also very interesting for me is that it's the idea of boundaries, how leading up to that session, we were working very much on his boundaries. Now, since day one, my boundaries were very clear and small boundaries like uh, even if you arrive late, my sessions finishes on time. Uh, if you don't give me 48 hour notice, I will unfortunately have to charge for the session. So my boundaries are very clear. Also, whenever I take time off, I'm off. So, so for me, it was almost this, like, where did you get the idea that, that I was, that this was okay. I'm also very flexible in other places and I'm, I'm chill and relaxed. I'm, and, and you can tell from, from just sitting with me in 15 minutes, but still there are some rules here. Um, so yeah, I don't know where it got lost in translation of like, you should be in couples therapy to let's do couples therapy this morning. Let's pause here for a quick ad break. By the way, the number one support for those of us asking ourselves, am I a bad therapist? Our clinical consultation groups. If you don't have one yet, join us on the Teletherapist Network for unlimited peer consultation groups, including a lot of different specialty groups like clinicians of color, LGBTQ+, couples counseling, EMDR. And of course, Creativity in the Clinical Room hosted by me, Allie. Plus masterclasses, media leads, and everything else you need for an ethical, modern clinical practice. Join us at teletherapistnetwork.com. Hey, listeners. It's Catherine here, and I'm coming to you today because Allie's not the best at bragging on herself, and I want to remind you all that she has an incredible resource available for free at her website, cccs.care. Allie's Creative Intervention Library is full of easy interventions that even non-art therapist clinicians like me can use with clients of all ages. Every intervention has a list of materials, an entire process video where you watch Allie doing it, and a written description and steps so you can follow along at home. 
Plus, she even has a list of diagnoses that might find this creative intervention helpful. So if you want to access a totally free library of interventions for when you feel stuck with clients, check out Allie's website, cccs.care, and sign up for free today. Well, let's loop back to the show. So here you are, you're faced with the partner and you are sitting there thinking, I know that my client wants me to be the bad guy, my client, or I think my client wants me to be the bad guy and to tell his partner the things that he has been thinking. But then again, I don't really know. I don't really know how much he wants me to reveal. And you're faced, you're you're on a a computer screen with them staring right back at you. What did you do? What were the first words out of your mouth? I know you're thinking, I don't want to do this. We're canceling, but what what actually happened? It's so funny because when you said that, what was very apparent to me as well is that when the session started and I realized that, it's like they were they were both of them were waiting for me to start the session, as opposed uh-huh. to like him taking the lead, being like, mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, I decided so it was like it's almost like if I had God forbid, amnesia, I would have been like, oh, I missed an episode. Like we've had that session before <laughs> leading up to that. Like this is, that's how it appeared. The way that we jumped in was like, this is business as usual. Yeah, This is like a very common thing that we just do together, all the three of us. But it was, so yeah, so so it, that was the, my first shock was like, no one's talking. And I'm just like, okay, so first question was, what's going on? I said, well, I said, hi, but you can imagine that my high was like, you know, when like you're like a mother and then your kid brings in like a girlfriend or a boyfriend that you really dislike and you just have to be like, mm, hello, that was, that was it. But I'm also like, why am I like, that's not like, I'm just a therapist as well. This is not my, my thing. So I was also surprised by my own reactions as I was talking, but yeah, first question was, um, what's going on? And and then you just said, well, I thought it would be a great idea to have her here so we can share with her what we've been talking about. And um, my first reaction to that was, but so, so first of all, it was, it was straight away about boundaries. Like what, why, why didn't you tell me? And it was very taken lightly. It was just like, I had the idea this morning. I just thought like, oh, she should join. And I was like, but you know that it doesn't work like that because you and I need to have a session before talking about this. Also, the fees change whenever it's a couple session and also the time changes. So it's not 50 minutes. It's more than that because we need to allow space for, for that to happen. This is not just like, I don't know, us talking about the painting in one of your, you know, in your kitchen that we can just like your partner can jump into that call. Like this is, we're talking about you and stuff that have led to that. And perhaps this is where it could have been dealt maybe differently, but he, even the demeanor was like, as if, you know, he was being like told off. And I was, to be fair, I was telling him off. And then I was like, I'm done with you next, the partner. I'm like, so why, why, why did you like, why did you accept this, this request? And it was very much turned into like, I felt like he needed that. So I was just like, okay. And then it was like very much, all right, well, what are you both expecting is going to happen today in, in the session? Um, and you can tell that like, they were just not feeling at ease with it. I was not at ease with it. 
and um and that session well i had to cut it short basically i well cut it short we still we still did the session in terms of like um what is it that you both of you want for one another more than so i what i did is that i tried not to talk about the problem but i tried to talk about the the problem of the problem so i don't know if that makes sense but it's like the problem is the fact that you surprise me in that way. Why in that second do you need to fix it? Do you see that this is a bigger thing? And um, basically what I did is that I, it's horrible to say, well, I guess that's the whole goal of the podcast. <laughs> it's horrible to say, but I just didn't give them anything. I, but I was very, very, very adamant on not giving them anything. And Perhaps it's not the fact that I didn't give them, but it's the fact that I had the intention of teaching them a lesson. And I do recognize that in my own character where I'm like, well, whenever I feel or I see something that is incorrect, I don't just say that it's incorrect. It's like, I need to show you how it's incorrect. But it's that's my approach even in therapy. It's like when I see a direction that my clients should go to, I, I don't tell them go to that direction. I guide them through my questioning. So it was that as well. But my intention was I need to teach them a lesson because you crossed a boundary and no one crosses my boundaries in, in this way. So there was a bit of this, you know, ego thing as well that just came up where I was just like, that's all of this is not okay. Yeah. What made you feel like you had to? Because, uh, well, let me say, I'm asking this because I've had this happen similarly, like a surprise family session or things like that. Yeah. And it's come up and it's like, whoa, oh my gosh, what's going on? Very similarly. But I also hold that boundary. And it's ironic now in my own paperwork, it has made its way into that of like, mm -hmm. we don't do surprise guests kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But what do you think was driving that narrative of like, well, I should be doing this, but I'm not. So it sounds bad if you get what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's it's the fact that like you know, it's the fact that he was so clueless that he was doing something mm. wrong that that's the thing is that it wasn't malicious it wasn't there wasn't an intent like i generally believe that he didn't think he was doing something wrong um and perhaps this is where i could have been a bit nicer and be like i know i know you didn't do that you know on purpose i know but like do you see but there was also that part of me that was just like enough with enough with the having to parent you in that way, even here. It's like there's a lot of reparenting that we do in therapy, yes. And perhaps this was an opportunity for for limited reparenting with him in that moment. But to do it in front of her, into you know, there's there you whenever you are reparenting, limited reparenting with your with your clients, it's very intimate. It's very, very, very intimate. So so for that to have happened, it was like, I, I just couldn't do any intervention when I think he was craving an intervention. He was craving for something. Um, and, and I just, I just didn't give it to him. But also he didn't, other than showing up with his partner, did he ask for anything? Did you know what he wanted or were we, was he leaving you with, you know, you guessing? Mainly guessing, but, but he did say, I want, I want her to know what we've been talking about in the last ah. few, few sessions. But that that's where I was like, oh my God. But in the last few sessions, we've been saying how horrible she is. We've been saying literally how like abandoning she's been. Like we've been, like it hasn't been nice and cute and pretty and like, oh, but you know, maybe she's going through a tough time. It's been like, she's she's not taking you into consideration and that's mean. That's not okay. 
that was the speech that was going on. So, so for for him to ask that of me, I was like, what? Wait, what? You you want me he basically knew what he was asking of you? Sorry, he you think he knew what he was asking of you to be the bad guy? Yeah, he wanted me to be the bad guy, so he didn't have to be the bad guy. So, how did this therapeutic relationship continue? Well, it didn't <laughs> continue. Um, it didn't continue because it ended with me telling them, "You want to do this? I'm I'm down." Like. I am down to doing this with you and I want to work with, with both of you. Uh, but we need to do this properly. You need to book a proper session. We need to decide what we're going to talk about. You and I, uh, my client, we need to have a conversation about how you feel about me entering that space. Or do I refer you to... So there was a plan. And that for me, um, my reflection on this was you want to work on this relationship, both of you, not just my client. I know that my client wants to work on it, but he wants to work on it. Mind is the courage. So it's like, I want to work on it, but I want, I don't want to do the work. So my intention is there, but I, I don't want to put in the, the, the work. Her, it was a very big decision on her part. It's like, are you in or are you out? Do you want to work on this relationship? And if not, do you still want to get out of it in a space that feels safe for him? So that that conversation ended with, I'm leaving that decision to the both of you, how you want, how you want to follow up with this. And, um, and like I said, for me, it was just a fight around whenever you want to change, you, you'll, you know, you have to do it. It has to come from you. Um, but yeah, I never heard from, I never heard, well, I never heard from them as a couple, that's for sure. But I also never heard from him. Wow. After um, working together for over a year. For over a year, and um, and there was an email. Like I did send, I did send an email uh, talking about what had happened and how cornered I felt. Um, but yeah, I think knowing him, I think that there was just like there was this. I think I became a, a critical parent for him. I wasn't criticizing, but I think I became this figure of like it's like yeah, I told him off, and that was very scary for him. Um, so yeah, so some ruptures, you know, they don't, I, I am a believer that even if you have ruptures in therapy and you as the therapist don't get to mend that rupture with your clients, that rupture is still very significant because if they ever do the work with someone else, they're bringing that as well with them. And so I mean, maybe that's just the way I console myself from <laughs> what happened, but it's, yeah, it was, it was like, that's a sad ending for me. It's not how you want it to end. Um, maybe it was necessary. I, I, don't know. I don't know. It can be so hard. I feel like it is a part of what we do where unfortunately we do have times where we might get ghosted by our clients, might never hear anything. And, and it can be so difficult to manage even on a personal level, but like from a treatment level and everything like that. Um, so I'm curious after this situation, like I had shared, I've had things like this come up and I ended up kind of putting it into my intake paperwork. Did you take anything from this? Like, has it come up with other clients? Like, do you just kind of like still continue with your usual boundaries? Like, did anything else come from it afterwards for you? It's so interesting because when you said that it had happened to you, like my first reaction was like, wait, what? Like these things happen to people? Like, but yeah, obviously, like why wouldn't it? But it just goes to show you how far away I am from from ambiguity with my clients when it comes to stuff like that. Because 
like I said, I and perhaps also it's the population that I work with. They're very highly functional people. They're very independent as well. It's, uh, you know, I can go away for like three, four weeks. People are okay. People are fine. So I never felt, I don't work with children as well. I don't, so I don't really have boundaries that are being crossed either by my clients or by people around them. So that for me felt very, felt very new. And if anything, if you also think about it, a lot of people don't want their partners to be in the room with their therapist. Like it's a very sacred space as well. Um, so for me, what, what, I, what I got from that is that, yes, the, the boundaries are important and all, but perhaps there is this like, um, it doesn't sit right to use the word toughness, but just this like kind of, of, uh, of wall that can just come out or come up whenever a boundary is being crossed. I think that this is also a role as therapists that even if a boundary is being crossed, how can you still keep that kind of softness and love and compassion? And, and that's what I, you know, that's what I had to work on. And that's what I continue working on. And it's a bit better, you know, but at the same time, it's unfair to say, yeah, like I've worked so much on that because I don't have clients that really cross my boundaries. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> I just have to reflect on, I think out of all the stories we've heard, which are incredible and Nicole, you're really great at bringing the humanness, your humanness into the therapy and rec- therapy room and recognizing what you're bringing in and how it's contributing to the dynamic. Um, and I, I just have to commend you on that and being able to see your role and that we as therapists are human and that we do have responses and reactions and triggers and histories and boundaries in and of ourselves that differ from other therapists. And so I just really, really love your insights into your role. And it inspires me to think more about how, what I bring in and how that shows up, um, even in really good moments too, maybe not so bad therapist moments thanks a lot for that because um that that's that's my my biggest selling point whenever i encourage people to be in therapy or people becoming therapists or even when i sit with clients like it's for me it's a two-way relationship and i think for the longest time in our training uh people have been afraid of what that would actually mean to bring yourself because we come from a profession that it was all about the boundaries, you know, the the white wall and mm-hmm. no picture and the no ring and nothing. You don't you don't share anything about about your life. And I think especially in this day and age, um, people want connection more than anything else. People don't have as many connections as they used to in the seventies and the eighties. This is this is a very different time, and mm-hmm. um, I have to bring parts of myself. And I think. This is also how how my company started with, with Journey because I realized that people, when I started doing videos on Instagram and those videos were like, I was showing parts of my house, just, you know, plants, random books, but not like therapy books, like my personal, even decorative books and my clothes and the way that like I, just showing that kind of authenticity, believe it or not, it got me 36 clients in the space of nine months on Instagram, knowing that I had like 1000 something followers. So it wasn't, but I realized that there's something that people go, wait, I I feel like I know her. I feel like there, there's something. And, um, but mind you, that's, this might also not work with some clients and that's fine. 
but at least the one that it works with, they know what they're getting themselves into when, when they work with me. And, and I'm just very happy that you were able to see that even in that, you know, 40 minutes of, of talking, because it, it really is the most important part of my job is to bring that always leveled and well dosed. But yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so special. I love that. And so if you did have someone like another clinician who was experiencing something like this or any things we've talked about, what advice might you give them? It sounds like this last one hit home for me too as well, like be authentic, but what else might you share? It's, yeah, I think my, my only sentence, the only sentence that comes to my mind is that it's okay. It's like, it's not the end of the world. If a client fucked up, like, sorry for the word, but like, if they, if they mess up with you, because you're always very understanding when they mess up with other people. And you're always like, oh, don't worry, it's okay. Uh, you know, very compassionate and very validating and all. But I think in that situation, he messed up with me. And there was just something very protective mm-hmm. about me in that moment where I was just like, no, that's not. Mm-hmm. So I would say they mess up and they also mess up with, with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just still try to find a bit of that like love inside and um yeah just the softness as well sometimes whenever I think whenever you feel like you're becoming very rigid just know that okay you need you need to balance it out with a bit of softness um so but that's something I suggest and I'm also trying to apply to to myself of course they will mess up and so will we yeah Fantastic. And Nicole, if anyone wants to connect with you outside of the podcast, where can they find you? So on our website, uh, it's called journeystartshere.com. We also have our Instagram page, which is the same journey starts here. And uh, there, I mean, they won't just be able to find me. They'll be able to find a lot of practitioners that are really, really, really good that also work in, um, in ways that are similar to how I work. So yeah, anybody that wants to start therapy, but also it's more, it's more than that for our Instagram page. We, our Instagram page is about weekly recommendations, hence the name journey, because it's not just about the therapy. It's also what you do in between sessions. And um, yeah, we just want to help people uh, through this whole journey. (laughs) And is that clients and therapists just in the UK or where is that? It's global. And this is, that's what I wanted to say before, having lived in different countries as well, um, you start seeing, and I think post-pandemic as well, a lot of people have turned to online uh, therapy. I know that in the States, it's very particular because you can only see people from the States that you're qualified in. Um, luckily, everywhere else around the world, you can see clients. From- <laughs> so so it's different. Yeah, I have clients. Actually, I have clients in LA, New York, Singapore, Dubai, and obviously London. So it's it's just it's just a lot easier now with uh, with online therapy. Um, so yeah, we have we have practitioners from all corners of the world. Um, we have five languages covered all around the spectrum. So yeah, a bit of diversity. I would also love for the two of you to join it if you if you wanted to. I'll tell you more Thank about you, it. Nicole, but, yeah. that sounds phenomenal. We love the worldwide connections because you know spreading the resources around and sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, making it more accessible. Yeah. Um, that's what we're all about. Yeah. Oh, Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Nicole, and hopefully we can stay in touch and we'll link all of that in the show notes as well for if anyone wants to check it out for our listeners. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it. The OG bad therapists, Allie and Catherine are signing off for this week. 
make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We love the Bad Therapist community so much and want to continue normalizing real therapist experience. You can help us by leaving a five-star review or sharing this episode with a friend or colleague. Are you a bad therapist and want to be on the show? Go to abadtherapist.com and tell us your story. Our podcast is produced and edited by my amazing husband, Austin Joy. He also created the music for our intro and outro. You can find this song along with many others on any music platform under the artist Air for Effect. And if you're a bad therapist starting your own podcast, contact Austin for his full suite of podcast and sound production services. You can find him on Instagram at Air for Effect. And if you've experienced an actual bad therapist, contact your state health department or head over to stopbadtherapy.com for more information. And if you've liked this episode, we've got plenty more. Yeah, over 50 therapist stories ready for you to binge if you can't wait for our newest episode next Monday. 